0: Today on the show, I am really excited to have my friend and longtime client on with me. Emily is a wife to an entrepreneur, a busy entrepreneur, and a mom to three school-aged kids, and she and I have an incredible conversation about habits and goals and making it work with a busy family. But what I'm really excited to share with you is that for Emily, she naturally loves to exercise. It is her jam, it's her source of stability, it's her routine, and let me attach to this because she is in really great shape but on the flip side nutrition has always been a struggle for her you'd think that for those that are healthy and they're constantly prioritizing their self-care and their health and their fitness you'd think that exercising and nutrition would both be equal that they would receive equal attention and skill but for as long as i've known emily eating healthy has been a challenge. It's gotten a little bit easier now, but it's still not natural. So I just know that you are gonna love this inside look into someone that loves to exercise, but hates to eat healthy and how she has overcome that challenge. So let's get to my conversation with Emily. Welcome to the Strong Mamas podcast, where we're talking about our fitness and food choices as moms in real life, and in light of our faith as Christ followers. I'm your host, Megan Dahlman, and together we'll be exploring what it means to be a healthy, strong mama in the middle of a culture that's obsessed with vanity. This podcast is all about helping and equipping you to take better care of yourself and the ones you love. Well, Emily, thank you so much for being with me today. I'm so excited to have you on the Strong Mamas podcast. It's um, been a long time coming because I wanted to have you here with us because I know that you're just a wealth of uh, inspiration and experience too. So I think that this is really, it's going to be fun, but before we dive in, I would just love it if you could just share with us a little bit more about you, your life, where you live, your, your family. Yeah. So my name is Emily Vahey
1: and I'm 40. I'll be 47 next week, which is crazy. Wow. Um, and I have three kids, a 15 year old daughter, Grace, a 13 year old son, Jack, and a 10 year old son, Ronan. And we live in Olympia, Washington. And I've been with strong mamas. I think it's five years. Little mm-hmm. little
0: five years. Yeah. I looked it up. I was like, how long ago was yeah. it? It was five
1: years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, I've known Megan though, we were in the same, uh, members class at church, I think right after she got married a long time ago. Um, so we've known her for years and years. Um, so she's seen me at some of my best times and some of my worst (laughs) times, Um, (laughs) as far as even just, uh, totally shallow physically. (laughs) (laughs) But um so a little bit of my background, I I would say I've always kind of been just um an athlete. Um just I mean I was a cheerleader actually in high school, which is really funny, but just always played whatever sport I wanted in the spring. Mm-hmm. I did something, I did softball. Um I have always through college played intramurals, every sport from football to volleyball, just always enjoyed activity. Um, and I think through my twenties, all the way through my twenties, I pretty much just ate like what I wanted. Um, I think my activity level and metabolic level was at a spot where that just worked. And I was never, um, that worried about what I wasn't the thinnest girl in the room and I wasn't the thickest girl in the room. And I, I, I don't even have a lot of, um, scars of body issues. I think it just wasn't something that I was that concerned about either way. I just kind of thing. And, um, but the downside of that is that kind of set me up for my thirties for a lot of failure. (laughs) I got married to an ectomorph who really can pound the food like nobody's business. (laughs) And you
0: are, you would probably identify most with a mesomorph, maybe even like slight hybrid, I think is what we figured out a slight hybrid between a meso and an endomorph. Makes Yeah. I would definitely probably said in my
1: twenties, I probably was more of a mesomorph, but I
0: also
1: think as I, especially as I've gotten older, I become more and more of a hybrid, I think. Um, and I had kids and I'm not sure what happened in my brain that I just kind of, um, thought I couldn't do anything anymore. I, I, I really think I believe some of the lies of motherhood that I couldn't take the time to work out or take the time to have self-care. Um, and I just, um, at the time we lived We live here, we live on some property and my parents live next door. So we went through a phase where my mom was working and I was feeding my dad and Dave lunch and dinner every day. um, Wasn't, I mean, big meals. And so here I have babies gain too much weight
0: eating, you know, grilled cheese with sourdough and bacon, you know, (laughs) like meals. Yeah. Cause you were probably like trying to not impress, but, but really serve, Your family in a way. Yeah.
1: In a in a you know, they were just working. My husband worked from home. And so the the consequence of that though is that our family didn't have great eating habits and I was not being very healthy activity-wise. And so um that's where a host of, of body issues came up where I just kept looking in the mirror, not knowing who this person was who was I was looking at and felt like there was so much more and I don't want to be cheesy, but that God had put in me than what I was outputting. Yeah, no,
0: I love it. I, I think it's, it's such a good background. And I think that there's a lot of layers in there that we're going to uncover a little bit more. And I was actually thinking back to when we first started training together, which was actually May of 2016, which was five years ago, like crazy. And I don't know if you remember, well, you probably definitely do remember. Cause it was a pretty big deal, but do you remember exactly what you went through right before we started training together? Yeah. I fell on my face running. <laughs> Is that what you're talking about? Yes. Yes. I remember we had an appointment set up like our first time that we were going to start working together. You sent me a picture like from the hospital, right? Yeah. Where you had yeah. stitches. What happened? Before I started working with you, I I had reached where
1: I was, I was going to be, I was already 40. I was like, this has to change. I just, I was like, I don't recognize who I am anymore. And this has to change.
0: So you kind of like put your foot down and you're like, I'm not going to live like this anymore. Yeah. And I started running
1: again and I started looking up on uh, Pinterest, just different, you know, 12 minute core eight minute. And I just was doing every random thing. I, I remember like trying this stuff and just doing literally random every day. Like, what can I find on the internet today? And, um, and then running with my friends and I had been running around Capitol Lake in our town. And I was jumping out of the way of an older couple. And at the same time, I'd had my hands in my sweatshirt or zipping something up. I don't remember, but I, Fell and because my hands weren't there to brace me, I hit this like uh, decomposed gravel with my face. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, killed a tooth. And, oh my word. Um, I thought my face would never look the same, but now you can't really tell. I had like, I can't 12, tell. Yeah, 12 stitches straight down from my right eye and like uh, six across, and then another like 10 in my eyebrow. I was a mess. Of course, you're like,
0: well, this fitness thing is working out for me really I well.
1: <laughs> I was such a mess that the I had to take the ambulance to the hospital. They called nine one one, and the Whoa. ambulance guy kept saying, "Are you sure you didn't get hit by a car? Are you sure? You didn't get hit by- did you black out, get hit by a car, not
0: remember?" And
1: I was like, "No, this is all my own." And did you get a concussion? No, they don't think, but. um, I definitely think I was foggy for a, a week or so. Like it was not a good situation, but oh my word.
0: Um, yeah. Well, I love that you didn't give up and you didn't like throw in the towel and be like, I'm so not cut out for this. And <laughs> <laughs> but I think that that was, you know, kind of one of those markers where it was like, okay, before this point I was, I was dabbling. I was, like just grabbing random things here and there. And, and that was the moment, not because of that, but it happened to be a very defining moment for you from there on forward. You got serious. Yes. And why at that point, I mean, you reached out to me, but there was more than that. There was something in there that you're like, I'm I'm going to do this right. I'm going to stop just like snagging things off of Pinterest and grabbing random things and just going on random runs. Like what was it that you felt ready to get a real plan and do it more organized? So the biggest thing is that through the later
1: thirties, early forties, when I was trying to do stuff on my own, I would get down to a certain weight and it was not any, it was not really near as about 10 pounds, 12 pounds above where I was when I got married, I could not get below that spot. And it was actually my husband who had known you also, who was like, I think it's time for you to pull in a professional. Like, I know you've been trying this, but you have only been able to get so far. So he really pushed me to um, even just commit for three months, which actually coincided with the commitment that you wanted me to make to Mm -hmm. three months to go all in also consider the nutrition piece, which I had been semi trying, but just kind of dabbling. Um, And so I think, yeah, just getting to that spot where I was like, I don't, I don't have the knowledge and everything else. I tend to look to people who know what they're doing, whether it be um, Bible studies or Anything that I want to learn. I look to someone who has the knowledge. And yet in this one area, I was, I just felt like tapped. I had no knowledge of what I, I needed to actually make more progress. So, well, and I
0: think that was an important recognition because like you said, like in, in every other area we don't have a problem you know seeking out a professional or seeking out some you know you wouldn't try to fix plumbing on your own <laughs> you know you wouldn't try to wire your house for electricity on your own but i think sometimes when it comes to our own health and our fitness we're kind of like well i should be able to figure this out on my own there's so much free stuff out there i'll just go grab something and do something and and i can figure this out it's almost like we get like we try to pull up our own bootstraps and and figure this out on our own and it just we get stuck like you said. Yeah. Yeah, we just don't make that progress. So throughout the years You know, you've had a lot of roadblocks along the way and barriers, you know, obviously the falling on your face (laughs) that could have thrown you off your game, but you've, you've gone through lots of other things. I mean, as your kids have grown up and obviously through COVID and I know your dad has some health issues and you guys are running a business from home and lots of things that would normally, I think, throw someone else off um, maybe cause them to put their fitness on the back burner, but you've never done that. I can honestly say of all the people I know, you are probably the most consistent with your workouts. Well, thank you. Like I've told you before, that is the easiest, easiest part for me. Why, why is that easy for Cause I, I think like we need to get into your brain a little bit. I mean, I know pieces of that, but I, I know there are so many women listening that are like, how, how could that possibly be easy? I think some of
1: those roadblocks you were talking about, uh, my dad has a, I mean, it's a terminal cancer. He's been living with it for seven years, but it's definitely had this very much up and down, scary moments, stress with our own business. My husband is very much an entrepreneur and we do not have a paycheck that comes in every month. He is, he is it. He's the sole guy. So I think just some of those stresses I've realized how much working out helps stabilize my mind process,
0: Mm.
1: even taking the time, um, whether it's in our game room where I work out or on a run, um, just time to be quiet and by myself and think through. Uh, I'm not always praying. A lot of times I listen to podcasts. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I watch TV. Um, I I don't want to over-spiritualize it. Like I make working out this great spiritual activity because I don't always. sure But I just know that when I get done, it's an added benefit to my quiet time, to other times that refresh my soul. Working out just eases my stress in a way that some other things don't always.
0: Yeah. I love what you said about like stability. I think that for you and for and, and I think that is a common thread among those that are very consistent with working out. They see their exercise as that bedrock, kind of that foundation, you know, not a spiritual foundation by any means, but just like a piece of routine that is stable and, um, expected and not, you know, you don't get thrown by a curveball. If it's a certain day, you know what you're going to do. And when everything else in your life is chaotic, you at least have that one thing that is stable. And I will say I, because my husband works from home, my kids are,
1: um, well, they're out for summer now, but they're a little older. It's always been easier for me to be flexible, but it's, I just Uh, there is just something in me that doesn't want to give up the way it makes me feel. And so whether it's eight o'clock at night sometimes, or two in the afternoon, I am definitely not the five 30 in the morning workout person that you, are. (laughs) that's my jam. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My jam is more like nine 30 or 10. Yeah. (laughs) I've gotten very used to doing some errands in town, not showered and then coming back and working out and showering. And there was a time in my life that I would never have thought about doing that. And now I'm like, yeah. What's a big deal.
0: <laughs> I think that's important to recognize. Cause I think there's a lot of women that are like, well, unless I can do a shower immediately after, because I'm going to be in public, like I, I can't do the workout. That might be something we have to sacrifice. It's kind of like weighing the priorities. Like what is more important, making sure that your, your body's being taken care of in a healthful way or being in public showered and your hair done. <laughs> I know even this week I met a friend and I still, um,
1: in the program that you have for me, I still run five to seven miles in a chunk, uh, one run in a week. So I met her, we ran, and then I went straight to the store. Like I was, yeah. you know, sweaty and gross, but I'm like, I just don't care about that the way maybe I used to. Um, I like the way running, working out, makes me feel more than I like looking put together all the time. <laughs>
0: <So>. I agree. <laughs> and so you do a lot of running. Cause I know that there's probably a lot of mesomorphs and endomorphs that are probably listening that they're like, wait a minute. Yeah. Wait, an endomorph, like running regularly, but yes, like any body type, you know, whether or not you're like genetically made up to do that you can still do what is fun for you. And I know for you, Emily, running has been another piece of like stability. And it's also a way that you have found to connect with with your husband, to connect with your friends. So it's almost like your community piece too. So, hey friend, I wanted to just cut in here real quick to check on you to see if you've been struggling with your body, maybe in the same ways that I have in the past. Are you struggling to come to grips with the way God designed you? Or maybe you're just confused as to how he designed you. Or are you struggling with dialing in your workouts? You've been spending years maybe trying to run, but it's such a fight because your body was never designed to excel at running. Or maybe you've been wondering why on earth you can't build any muscle mass or how. Perhaps you've been even been struggling with your nutrition and eating habits. You've got a friend that feels really great when she cuts out all her carbs, but you feel miserable and feel like you have zero energy. Or vice versa, you can't even look at a carb without feeling like you put on five pounds. Here's the thing. God designed you with a unique body type or somatotype that determines the way your metabolism works the type of exercises that suit you best, and even the types of foods that jive with your body best. And until you know how God designed you, you'll be left wondering what's going on and why your efforts aren't working. So I want to invite you to come take a free quiz that I put together that will help you find out your unique body type, your design. It's totally free and only takes a few minutes, but the knowledge and clarity that you walk away with are amazing. So head on over to bodytype.io. That's bodytype.io to take the quiz. I can't wait for you to see what you are. Tell us what your running looks like. Before I started working with you, That was probably
1: the bedrock of my uh, foundation of whatever I was trying to find to work out was I would just run, 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 slow, steady pace, running, adding miles Mm -hmm. Uh, where you taught me how uh, that works against some of my body composition goals. And so um, I'm always been, since I started working with you, there's always a strength training component. Um, whether that be two times a week or three times a week, for the last year or so, we've only had me work strength training two times a week. And that's Mm -hmm. some of the impetus on you to have to program me effectively for two times a week. And then I run sprints twice a week. And then I just do one long run. Um, And that I just love running. I don't know. um, I love the challenge. I love the checkout. I love um, the fellowship time, like you said, with my friends and my husband, the last year has become a massive runner. Mm-hmm. And so, Part of that, um, as I've talked to you about um, wanting to maintain, you know, we go in at least one quote unquote date run a week. I love that. Um, yeah. Which is really fun and a great time for us to talk. We used to go to Starbucks once a week and, you know, so it's funny <laughs> how it's changed. Um, We get just as much, if not more in depth talking, just running miles together than sitting and drinking our lattes.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I love that. And I know that as someone who has such a strong affinity towards exercising, like you're compelled to do it, you enjoy it. It's something that you, if someone invites you to do, you know, if, if Dave, your husband is like, Hey, let's go for another run. You're like, yeah, sign me up. It is something that you've had to be a little bit cautious and wise about too, to make sure that you don't overdo it. Because I think that's a, for, for anybody where the fitness side of things comes really easily or very naturally, there's that caution or there's that risk of overboard. Sure. I'll never forget.
1: I mean, this was even just a couple months ago where I told you I didn't, I looked at a workout and really it was a week four and I just had no mojo. And so I did an old live workout instead. And your response was great job Yeah, where that response comes from the tendency. I have just to push past any discomfort or any willingness to sit and listen to my body. And instead I just go, Oh, I'm just going to do what I'm supposed to do. This is what I do today. So for me, it's the lesson of learning, how do I listen to my body? When do I say no to people? Because you're right. I I was telling you before, I'm just not wired to like sit. And so, mm-hmm. you know, when Dave wants to go for an extra run every day, when my sister says, let's take the dogs for a walk and, you know, the boys want to play wiffle ball. Like I'm just being in constant motion is pretty easy for me, but I have to, I'm learning to sit and think. About how does my body feel and what do I? And, you know, it's hard for me to talk about this part because sometimes I feel like I'm not even sure exactly why the working out is so easy. In my OCD about checking off the workouts, I think that's probably part of it too. But why doesn't that result in the nutrition, which we will talk about? But sometimes hard for me because I feel like, yeah, I'm so great. I work out. But in my mind, I feel like that is the part that takes no effort for me. Like I can just work out. But when we start talking about the nutrition, that's where all the,
0: I'm glad you brought that up because I think that a lot of people feel that way about the nutrition piece. They're like, well, I could eat a salad. Like that's a piece of cake, you know? Well, not literally, but, (laughs) um, you know, that's the easy part for me. Like, Tell me how to eat and I'll make it happen, you know, but finding the motivation to get up and do a workout. There is nothing in me that even wants to do that. That's how Scott is. He can't stand working out. He does it because he knows he needs to, but he drags his feet and, and does not enjoy it one bit. And so it's interesting to hear that for you, like it, you don't really know why it it just is. Mm -hmm. But the nutrition piece, that's the hard part. And you have struggled with this side of things for a long time. Yeah. And so in what ways do you still find yourself struggling to eat healthy where, you know, where the workout piece is so natural, so easy, but on the flip side, you've got this nutrition piece, which both of them have to be happening. We need to, in order for us to feel and operate at our best, we need both good nutrition and good exercise. So this nutrition piece, how are you still struggling with this?
1: I mean, in some ways, how am I not struggling? And you and I have talked so much about it. Honestly, on my very basic instinct, I will just always want the burger. I will always want the donut. Like I've thought about it. I mean, you and I, You, I have read books. I have tried to get to the heart of like, why do I make the food decisions? And I have learned a lot along the way. Um, but I think the biggest thing that I have to realize is it's just never not going to be a struggle for me. Like, I think I thought if I got to a certain spot, it would just be so automatic that I could just make choices and it would just happen. And that is just never going to be the case. Mm -hmm. desire for my health, I will have to fight for it for food always. Yeah, Um, And that's okay, but it's hard.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think we have this expectation that, okay, I'm on this health journey. I'm going to eat better. I'm going to work out more. And we just expect that at some point it's going to be easy. And in many, like you said, in many ways, things do get easier, Mm -hmm. but I wonder if there's some freedom (laughs) A, a, a weird sort of freedom in knowing that you might never master something and that's okay
1: right and i think it changes like um i mean in the last 2 years we've had the pandemic mm-hmm. and i have entered perimenopause mm-hmm. both of which made i think 3 years ago i would have said you know um nutrition's hard for me but i've kind of figured out a spot where i can maintain And and I am kind of I'm winning this battle, and then other things come up where um, now I feel like what worked three years ago, if I want to maintain that weight, well this doesn't work anymore. I have to take another step, in in thinking through health or just be okay with the fact that five more pounds might be added on, and that's just the way it is, um, because of the way that my body's responding as I intermenopause. Um, But that still brings back up the struggle and to make the choices and trying to figure out what's okay and what's not. For example, where I've landed a lot of times is when I'm on vacation, it's okay that I'm going to seek out every ice cream shop that's local that I can find. (laughs)
0: <laughs> just be okay with that. <laughs> and
1: just be okay with that. Like, you know, um, that's my thing. I don't like the taste of alcohol. So that struggle becomes easier. And so part of it also is for
0: me saying, I've never liked the taste of it. Why start now? And I think there's a piece in there, you know, reading between the lines where you've just let go of certain expectations that you'll ever eat perfectly. You know, maybe where there's some people where nutrition comes more naturally to them. And, and that is the easier piece. It's, it's easy to choose the right thing, to do the meal plans, to do the grocery shopping, to do the meal prep. And it's like this, wow, super impressive thing. And then if you were to set your expectations there, oh gosh, it would be so discouraging, but to just lower your expectations and say, I'm going to eat as healthy as I can for me. Right. And that might include the ice cream whenever we go on vacation. And I need to just be okay with that and not expect that I'm ever going to be a perfect eater, quote unquote, perfect eater, like someone else might look like. And I think
1: for a lot of us, especially moms, whether it be the working out or the nutrition for me, I guess when I look at it, I think, all day, I'm I'm controlling things, I'm managing, I'm um, the kids schedules, my working out. And sometimes by the end of the day, the last thing I want to think about and make another decision about is food. And so I compromise, even when I had a plan, and I have the vegetables in the fridge, I'm just tired. And that same feeling, I think is the same feeling that when nutrition is easy and working out is hard is like, by the end of the day, you have managed all of this stuff Mm -hmm. and you're just tired. And so you just want to sit on the couch and watch a show instead of working out. It's, it just, it's the same battle. It's just different
0: piece of it. And I think it's finding that balance between and what expectations can I handle right now? And what's, what is healthy for my body and to be like, okay, I I'm too exhausted to do anything. And sometimes we get to the point where we think that like, I can't make any healthy decisions, whether it's for my workout or for my nutrition. And we get to the point where we're letting our exhaustion, um, dictate how healthy we are. And we actually become unhealthy. But there's this middle ground where you are in a healthy range and it's okay. Some days to be like, I'm, I'm too tired. We're going to get takeout. Mm
1: -hmm. And if
0: you kind of look at it from the big picture and zoom out and be like, in the big scheme of things, I'm still healthy. This one meal is not going to derail everything. It's, it's not going to trigger this downward spiral. It's having that wisdom and kind of that big picture about it all. Yes, I agree with all of that. I think sometimes it it still is hard for me to
1: um, choose that day in and day out. And again, the same way that working out, I don't know why it's so easy. I wish I could figure out why food was so hard. (laughs) It'd be interesting to hear if there's other women my age who, you know, I was a child of the 70s and 80s and so like bless my mom's heart but she you know she was not we had packaged cereals I wasn't the kid that grew up with you know I have memories of like I had like a cold and so my mom was like oh let's go get McDonald's like I can remember <laughs> memory of like, we'll medicate you, me. you with some fast food. You know, it's like so terrible. Something we, we would never, no one would do that now. But sometimes I feel like the seventies and eighties had such weird food concepts.
0: Oh, I know. I think when I look back at some of the things that I ate, I'm like, I'm pretty sure the only vegetables we ate were like frozen peas and corn <laughs> and like canned beans <laughs> boiled
1: spinach
0: my mom was boiled
1: spinach so spinach that i had to swallow with milk because i just hated the taste of like it was terrible
0: that is so uh, funny i'm sure that plays a role you know i i think you can't overlook that but at the same time you know we are adults and we do have the capacity to make choices and which i know that you have and you have been able to overcome that struggle with food to the point that you are healthy. Now you your body is at a healthy weight. You know, you're not as like perfectly lean as you know, you could be maybe right. if you were to eat like perfect, whatever perfect is. But I think that you have achieved a level of good nutrition that you're in a good spot.
1: Yeah. I'm healthy and strong and I can do anything with my kids and my body's not perfect. In fact, I still think, and this has been a long time coming in my heart, but, you know, when you see all those Instagram before and after photos, I still think I look like a before photo of some people and that's okay. Like I'm not, um, I think I told you this years ago when I first reached what we had kind of said as my goal, quote unquote, goal weight and was down, I was definitely smaller than I was, than I am now. And I felt this pressure to have to like maintain that for you and your business. And it was this fun struggle that I felt of like, I've got to show that strong mamas works. And so I have to look, it was funny that this little sinful creep creeping in of like, I've got to show everyone that this works. And it's taken a few years beyond that to be able to say, no, it's not. It really, you say it all the time, but I, it's not a, about what we look like in a bathing suit. It's about the strength that we have, the the mindset of pleasing Jesus in our eating, in our working out, in our life as a whole. And some of that might be being okay with uh, rocking a bathing suit when you're not extremely lean, which I won't be unless I step into unhealthy eating. I will never Mm -hmm. be extremely lean. I'm too muscular. Um, so anyway, I just think it's been a process for me to come to, I don't have to look like the world's after picture to find success in this program.
0: Yeah. Um, I feel like we could put that on a billboard right there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But that takes, and, and anyone out there that's starting your program, it's not just the working out and the eating it's the process in your heart of coming to a spot that you can own that. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's what makes your program different is the friendship and accountability and pointing towards Christ in those things that ultimately allows you to find the freedom to say um, it's going to look different than, than another program.
0: Well, thank you for those kind words. And I mean, it's fun to, to see, the process, you know, in you and in all uh, a ton of other women I've worked with. And just to see that what the, what the more important before and after is Mm -hmm. that it's, it's not body shape or size. It's the mindset that changes. It's the attitude about food. It's the attitude about fitness, those things on the inside, those matter more, far more. Those are the everlasting things because I know that there's a lot of before and after photos that we see where that after image of the, of the person, it's someone very broken and their soul is crushed. And so I, I see your before and after, and I know you don't have a true after none of us do. (laughs) We're all works in progress. (laughs) Um, but it's, it's been fun to be along this journey with you. And so I feel like a good place to leave. It might be, you know, if there's, there's a mom listening that maybe struggles with her nutrition, the way you have, what would you encourage her? What would you want to say to her right now? Yeah, I think
1: I'd say, I love your approach. I think you do it in the jumpstart of 30. I had, mm-hmm. I can't remember who it was that I had talked to that. Oh, um, Aaron Lee, who mm-hmm. came back. And did the Jumpstart 30? She was saying how helpful just focusing on that one thing at a time. Um, you know, focusing on the water and then taking the next step and focusing on um, adding the vegetables to each meal, adding the protein to each meal, and also just giving yourself grace. And and that's where you know it's so easy focusing on the pros. Like even when I'm feeling the most weak, I just try to do I have my pros on my plate? Um, sometimes that also means, man, I have a slice of bread on my plate too. Mm -hmm. Um, and sometimes when I'm making better choices, it's more vegetables and not that slice of bread. Yeah. Um, I, I guess just focusing on those very basics, trying every day to make those just little choices to, um, have success in the long run, and not getting focused on just today. And that's with either the working out or the food that this is a process and a journey and about your mind and your heart more than anything.
0: That's good. Well, Emily, it has been such a pleasure to have you on. I know that so many women are inspired by what you're saying and um, can truly identify. So thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Hey, hey, have you been loving the Strong Mamas podcast? Has this show impacted your life in some way? Maybe you are looking at your nutrition or your workouts differently now, or maybe you're starting to feel true freedom in your thoughts about your body. Just recently, someone left a review about the show and she said, The Strong Mamas podcast always leaves me inspired and energized to learn more about who God wants me to be. I'm now stepping out of my comfort zone and trying new things, learning who I am and what my body is capable of. All right, do you feel similar? Well, If so, I would truly love to know. If you haven't yet, head on over to iTunes and leave a review telling me what you think and how this podcast has been blessing you. And you can even go one step further and share the show with a friend. Let's see how many strong mamas we can bless.